0: United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explorers podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is Police Chief Darius Potts, who is the Police Chief in um, Ankady. Iowa, excuse me, and um, I think one of the interesting things is that um, he is the police chief and uh, and the first African American to be police chief in Ankeny. Uh, welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, good. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm going to just start in uh, right away and ask you. When did you begin your tenure as police chief?
1: I started uh, as a Police chief here in Ankeny, August of 2018. So I'm going on my fourth year here as police chief.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and um, as as police chief, and in these times, it's a very difficult time to to be head of a law enforcement uh, department. And with so much mistrust of police in various areas of the country, what are your thoughts on how we might Bridge the gap between the police and the communities uh, you and they serve.
1: I, I think, and, and I'm coming from a unique perspective. Um, I've been in law enforcement all my adult career. I mean, my yeah, law enforcement has been my thing since I've been an adult, and uh, I'm also black, African American, and I've been that all my life. Uh, I. It's a it's a thing from the police side, I think, to there has been a history of mistrust. Um, th- there is a history between uh, African-Americans and, 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 and the uh, law enforcement in general that has not been positive. Um, there are some good things, but most of the things have been bad. And I think what we need to do is, on the police side, we need to have an understanding of that history. Um I know in the academy we didn't learn, you know, that uh police officers were involved in the 1960s and you know the discrimination back then and um the racism and and you know all through history uh police departments have played a have played a negative role in that. And I don't think a lot of officers understand that either. Uh we have some young officers that um uh, that uh that's not part of, of of you know the history of the police department's all been positive. Right. I think if we start start teaching that kind of history and not to not to say that you know, not to you know just be honest about that history. I think when you when you're honest about that you, you will understand why people feel the way they feel and have the, the perception of police departments, or police in general, law enforcement in general. So
0: it starts with a little education, I believe. Okay. Um, um, as you uh, look at uh, uh, your office and your community, uh, what are the police community issues you and your office face?
1: The issues and I my department is uh in the metro area of Des Moines. Uh we are probably about ninety percent, ninety one, ninety two uh percent white, um with very few minority uh minorities in our population. Um we we have problems just like every other police department has as far as uh, you know burglaries. You know the the typical crimes that every other city has. We have those those uh, those problems. Okay. Our interactions with with the minority community is we don't have a lot of minorities. So right. Okay. Um, but it, but it's growing. Uh, and I and I think that you know I'm not trying to brag on this department, but I think before even I came here, we've always had the reputation of being nice to. People in general, and treating people with respect. Uh, so I, I, we don't have a lot of issues between the community and uh, the police department here. Um, uh, we, we get very few complaints. We don't write a lot of tickets, but you know that probably helps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yeah indeed. Um, but but on the other hand, we are trying to bridge gaps. We uh, we have a community engagement team that goes out and and tries to build relationships our our mission is to build relationships with minority communities businesses um you know you name it we're trying to build that 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 uh relationship because we know it when you build those relationships it makes your job a lot easier
0: yeah indeed um Uh, I I was reading somewhere where uh, your area is one of the fastest or the fourth fastest growing area in the country. Um, It seems to me that this type of engagement is preparing you for this large uh, population increase.
1: Yeah, and, you know, one of the things we're having problems with with a large increase is keeping up with it. Uh, I'm down about seven or eight positions and I think it's a direct uh, effect of, you know, what happened two summers ago um, with with the George Floyd incident and oh, yes. the relationship between police. We have seen a decrease in uh, our recruiting efforts. Um, we once had 100 people show up for a test uh, to be police officers. Now we only have like 14 or
0: 15. Yeah, that is a, that I is think a that drastic is, decrease.
1: And and it's, yes, and it is a problem if you, if you, you know, I follow stuff like that because I'm a cop, but you know, you, you see it everywhere in the country that, that it is difficult to hire quality police officers and it's just a job that, that people just don't want anymore because it's, they don't, they don't want the hassle. Right. Um, they, they just don't, they can make easier money doing easier things. And I, I think that's the main thing as far as a fast growing city, keeping up with the pace of, uh, of when, for example, when you, when the city grows, what, what grows with it? A little bit of crime right. and 911 uh, uh, calls. Uh, and it's, it, we are running from call to call to call trying to keep up. And that's because of our numbers
0: um, and that's uh, because of the city and, the, and how it grows. So, oh, indeed. Well, uh, as you say, there you have you're down um, several uh, officers, and um, and the recruiting uh, is um, is less than before. Um, for those yeah. uh, who are still who are working, how do you keep the morale of your officers positive and up?
1: That is that you know that's the magic <laughs> the magic question um and I, it, my philosophy and the command staff tries to we try to do the same philosophy uh we try to make this environment at the police department as let me say i can't say stress less mm-hmm. uh as we have to reduce as much stress as we can in this building and how they do their job we can't get rid of uh stress because it's a stressful job right um we have we have to be dedicated to the officers mental health the officers physical health and that all that includes you know the the obvious of of, you know promoting uh officers you know work out and, and do some kind of hobby outside of law enforcement but it also involves keeping our processes simple
0: mm-hmm. and
1: easy so they won't get frustrated. Uh, when they come to work, they are treated with respect and dignity. Um, they know they have a place to come and, and, and do their job and go home. Uh, we try to promote that, that, we are, that the department is looking out for their best interest. And and we hear uh, we open lines of communication. We we'll try to talk to the officers as much as we can. We have one on ones with the officers. And one other thing that I think is very important is we've started a mandatory. Um, I, we call it a mental health checkup, where the officers and uh, actually everybody at the police department has is a mandatory. They have to go to a. Um, a mental health specialist and talk to them for at least an hour, uh, maybe once a year. Oh, uh, how, and we I, have
0: heard, go oh, ahead. May, may I ask, uh, how did that go over when th- that was put into effect? Now, it's funny. <laughs> I'm from the old school, but I, I do believe in therapy and I've been to, to
1: a therapist before. And I think it's, it's very important, but I'm from the old school and I, went into this with old school thinking. Right. The fire department is the first one that came to me with this idea. And they, they initiated it. They did it at the fire department. With officers, it's hard to do. But I I must remember that we have new generations of officers. And when this was proposed, it it was very surprising to me how uh, receptive people were to this. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yes. Um, I, and it surprised me because, um, I'm paranoid. I know a lot of officers are paranoid and you don't want to talk about your feelings with people because you think that the city might do something or the, 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 uh, the department might do something, but we set it up where you can talk to a professional, and you know if it doesn't involve you hurting yourself or hurting anybody we don't really need to know anything about what you tell them okay um you know of course if you tell them something that 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 breaks the law or something like that obviously um the the officers know that that will be pro- probably be disclosed but mm-hmm. Uh, You know, if if you're having problems at home or if you're having problems at work and you need to talk to somebody, that avenue is open. We made it mandatory because we know and I know that officers won't go if you just say voluntarily. And I think making them go, uh, it it it, um, I think it guarantees that they have an opening or a, a line of communication with somebody.
0: Okay. Well, it sounds like you're. Uh, it's a team building effort as well. Um, yes. And yes. A supportive team. Yes. That you're building. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: We we um, and again I, I put myself in this category. I held off putting this program together because I thought officers would would not like it and would not be interested in it. And we've had a couple of incidents uh, where. It just finally, especially with our detectives and, and um, working with um, child porn cases and just domestic violences and just we had a couple of uh, like some homicides here that I know had an effect on the officers and one of my captains said, you know what, it's time. Regardless if people hate it or not or don't want to do it, it's time to introduce the program and we did and it's been very successful.
0: Okay, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, yes, sir. May I ask, uh, how different is your experience in Ankeny uh, from your previous positions? <laughs> I have to laugh
1: because uh, <laughs> I worked, um, I was a cop in Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix PD, for about 23 years, and my jobs, uh, my. Sp- the, the jobs that I did were patrol and undercover. I worked undercover for about six to seven years and it was probably the best time I had, uh, ever oh, really. And, um, yeah, probably one of the most dangerous I that not uh, to be honest with you, sir, I couldn't do that. Oh, I, I couldn't do that now. Cause I'm, I'm a big chicken. So I couldn't <laughs> do anything I did back then. Um, but I, um, I moved up in the ranks as far as, um, sergeant and lieutenant and retired as a lieutenant, but most of all, I went back and forth between drug enforcement and patrol. And then, uh, after, after that, I went to, uh, Arizona Department of Public Safe- Safety, which is like the state troopers, okay. uh, and, and worked, um, mostly administrative there. I did HR, did some, um, I was a gang, uh, gang task force commander, uh, just a variety of things. I worked in the counterterrorism, um, um, uh, bureau at the, uh, the counterterrorism ke- division at the, uh, at the, uh, DPS. And when I got it to this job and, and my, my experiences of being a cop is running back and forth from call to call to call, a lot of narcotics arrest, uh, just busy and and dangerous we shot at before all that kind of stuff. Uh, I came here and it was a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit slower. Okay. Um yeah, l- officers are little uh, way nicer than I can remember. Um they are very and, and I say that because when I was an officer it it was do what I say and and you know, just do what I say. The officers here now are very polite, uh very respectful respected, uh respectable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And it's just a different kind of atmosphere. So it's hard to compare what I did back, back then and what goes on in a big city to a a growing city like Ankeny. Um, I hear the officers say they're busy sometimes. Uh, and you know, they, do about four or five calls or six calls or 10 calls. And I can remember nights of doing like 15, 20 calls a night, uh, just running back and forth. So it, it, that's the difference. Um, it, it is also a difference of the reception. Uh, when I worked in Phoenix, uh, you still had that that tension between the minority uh, uh neighborhoods and the police department you don't really have that here too much
0: okay um you know so it's a it's a different atmosphere really yeah but, yeah, but it seems as though those past your past experiences have prepared you for for your role and uh in uh in, in your in in your lo in your local position now it, it
1: has. It has. And, and I, you know, one thing that it has prepared me for is knowing what the officers go through and how they feel. I, wow. I still I, I call myself a cop's cop because I, I can I feel I still feel the feeling of working midnights as a cop uh, and and being in that patrol car and having that feeling uh, of, of always getting to watch yourself and watch your back and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have that and I still can relate to officers and their jobs and i never lost that feeling. So, um, I could, I think I relate to cops in my position, um, a little bit better and have a little bit under better understanding too.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm sure that that helps them. That helps them tremendously. Yes. Um yeah. uh I, I I need to ask uh, and that is um uh, in the news uh, very often we hear about the um defunding of police departments and um yes. what is your, what is your reaction when you hear that You know I I it,
1: it means so many things and it's taken on so many directions I you know when I hear it, I, I think people want to to try to use money that the police department gets uh, to, for for more social uh, not social but more um, more things that don't have to do with law enforcement and, and try to find that root of the problem that most uh, most neighborhoods have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think uh, a lot of them think uh that, that taking some of those funds from the police department would would help the, you know would be a great remedy for for those problems um i am the, the defund the police as far as getting rid of the police uh i think that's a bad idea not because I, it's my only job i've ever had but i just don't think that that is a uh a good way to 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 uh you know to solve the problem Is, is our police departments expensive? Yes, Um, we get paid for what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a dangerous job Um, and it's not dangerous 24 seven, but it can be, Uh, you know, it it, it can be. So I think uh, that's why you you need competent people and you need to pay them well, if they're going to do, if they're going to be police officers. And I, uh, and we do take up a lot of, you know, Funds when in our budget, yeah. Uh, but but I, I think it's important to when you take away those funds, m- make sure that that solution is is going to work. Um, and that would be my only reservation to that is is if whatever funds you take away, make sure you're not taking away from core uh, the core uh, jobs
0: that that we have to do as officers exactly uh, exactly um what advice would you uh, give to young women and men uh, people of color and whites who have an interest in becoming members of law enforcement
1: you know the the first thing i I would say to to anybody who wants to be a, a police officer this is a noble job it's still a noble job, regardless of what you hear on the news and regardless of what you see, all the images you see. Um, this is an opportunity. If you if you have in your heart that you want to help people and make uh, areas where you go to better or where you work at better, uh, this is the job. Um, there is no thank you every day. There is no... Um, you know, flowers thrown at your feet or anything like right. that. Um, it, it is a thankless job sometimes, but if, if you, if you truly want to make a difference, uh, and help people, uh, this is the job. Uh, it is still one of the best jobs I think, uh, that, that a person could have, but, but you have to be mentally prepared for, it. you have to, uh, be ready to make decisions. And, um, I would say to my my people of color that, you know, you will be conflicted. You will Hmm. see things, uh, you will be tested. You'll be tested by your officers and you'll be tested by your your peers and you'll be tested by, you know, the areas that you come from and and the people that are just like you. Um, And you'll you'll feel the, I call it a tightrope. You'll feel that tightrope that you have to, to to kind of balance sometimes and and you have to um you you have to remember that 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 um you might want to pick sides too uh oh. and I, I would I would be so against picking sides and it, and I'm telling you this from experience that that you know especially the the past two, uh two summers uh the past summer two summers ago right you know you, i was in that position where i was, you know it really hurt me to see the relationship between minority communities and and the police uh, law enforcement just n- not getting along and and just it it seemed like no solution to it but i i think when you be, when you're a minority or any any officer but, right Especially when you're a minority, you, you take on that burden that you want to fix that problem. Right. Um, and it's hard. It is very hard because it's not an easy thing to do. Right.
0: Um, in, in that line, uh, what, is, uh, what is the preparation uh, for someone who is going into law enfor- enforcement? What type of preparation education uh, is, the, is in the process?
1: Well, the, the process is, and I think it's standard throughout, probably everywhere, um, there is a physical fitness test. Uh, for us, you all you have to have is a GED. You mm-hmm. have to pass the physical fitness. You have to pass the written test, which is, I am told is that I took the test, but it's like maybe sixth or seventh grade, math and English. Um, then you have to go through a background, and that's where... A lot of people um get caught up in and they in they don't get through that part
0: oh really uh,
1: you go through a background investigation you go through a polygraph you'll be amazed how many people don't pass the polygraph test the lie detector test um even if you believe in it or not it does you know it 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 does um it does its job mm-hmm. as far as uh you know weeding out the the people that you don't think should be police officers you go through a medical exam and and that's basically it you get through that part and then you go to the police academy which is about i think i want to say 7 to 8 months okay and after that you are you come back uh and you um, come back to patrol, and you start off with a FTO program, which is a field training program, and that's pretty much it. We we do like I said GEDs. I would highly suggest to people that you don't have a you don't have to have a, a degree in criminal justice. I didn't have a degree in criminal justice. We're going to teach you everything you need to know. Um, even basic constitutional law and all that stuff, we're going to teach you that. So, um, you know, I'm not telling you to do anything else, but you don't really have to have that.
0: Yeah, I noticed in in your uh, bio that, yeah, you you have an undergraduate as well as a graduate degree. And uh, I was wondering how that helps you in in your work uh, over the years. The, the the
1: you know the bachelor's degree and going to college and just interacting with people really kind of helped mm-hmm. um you know from that standpoint um the uh the bachelor's degree that I got was in communication so it that helped a lot too right and then afterwards uh I got my masters while I was uh while I was a police officer, uh, actually while I was, while I was working on undercover and, uh, that helped a lot as far as, um, promotions, um, writing, um, just, just understanding stuff a little bit better. Um, so.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Um, it's, uh, as, as, uh, as we come to a close, I, I can't believe that uh, 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 it's that time, but um, I want to yes, thank sir. you for uh, giving your insights into what is um, so uh, much in the news, uh, the police, yes, law enforcement, and, uh, and uh, the communities in this nation. And uh, it seems to yes. me that uh, you have a sense of hope. For uh, law enforcement in this country and in your community,
1: I, I do. I think that one day we will be able to to work together, and, and we can do our job as police officers and serve, protect and serve.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Well, yes, we've sir. come to an end. I want to thank. Uh, uh, police chief Darius Potts who is the police chief of Ankeny, uh, Iowa and uh, who's, talk, who's spoken to us and talked with us about um, the role of law enforcement in in his community and in this country. For The Seminary Explores, this is Nelson Strober. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explores, a production of United Lutheran Seminary, with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.